Voice of Hope podcast. Conversations, stories, advice from the autism community for the autism community. Welcome back, everyone, to our Peace of Hope podcast. We're super excited this month to kick off a series about siblings. And this week we have Nicole. Hey, Nicole, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am an RBT here at Appleseeds Behavioral Center. Whoop, whoop. I've been working here for about a year. I'm 24 years old, and I have a little brother with autism, and he's 21. So you guys are pretty close in age. Yeah. He'll be 22 pretty shortly, so it's about like two and a half years. Gotcha. So you were saying that he was diagnosed later in life. Mm -hmm. So when he was diagnosed, there was still Asperger's. I guess that's not Mm -hmm. a diagnosis anymore. Um, So when he was diagnosed, um, we... I say we. It was mostly my mom. She was kind of his advocate. We all knew, like, this is how Nathan is. Um, but she really wanted that diagnosis and more like she wanted answers. Probably around middle school, she started pursuing it and no one was giving her anything. Um, she said in eighth grade, he got kind of a partial diagnosis. I don't really know what that entails, but they're like, we think so, but it's not official. And then finally, in the 10th grade, he got his official autism diagnosis. When your mom was seeking that diagnosis, did she sit you down and let you know what was going on, or did you just kind of pick up on it on your own? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember there ever being a conversation about, we're going to pursue this. We did have that conversation when she sat me down and was like, these are the results of that. Um, I kind of knew it was happening just because she was having arguments with the school and um, they weren't really giving her anything. They weren't giving her resources. Um, But once we finally got that diagnosis, she sat me down and I remember she was pretty upset. And I just remember thinking, I don't know why you're upset. It's still Nathan. Like, there's no. (laughs) So nothing changed for you? Yeah, nothing changed. I was like, this may be good for like you in the school, but it doesn't really affect me emotionally because like this is how he is. Like I don't need someone to say like this is your brother. I already knew it. So I guess it kind of helped her um, with that relationship with the school and giving us resources, which honestly there weren't a lot of resources for us anyways. So because he was so much older. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really change anything for me when I found out about that diagnosis. What types of things led her to pursue a diagnosis? Um, She shared that with you? So it's funny because now that I'm in this field, I kind of look back on things that he did, and I I was like, um, oh, that was probably a sign. But, again, it was my little brother. I never had any other siblings, so this was just who he was. Um, I just thought it was like a personality difference. That's Mm -hmm. really all I thought it was. When you're little, it's okay for you to kind of miss those social cues because you're still learning. But as he got older and he's like 12, 13, 14, still missing those social cues where like there's something happening. Um, And he was just very factual. Like my mom would always joke, you can't be sarcastic with him. Like he doesn't get it. He's very like, he says what it is. And that's it's what he black means. black and white. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't anything like he wouldn't say things to be rude. It was just the facts of it. So you told me this earlier mm-hmm. before we started, but you said your mom told you not to be sarcastic. Yeah. But how did you take that? So, like, I'm just a very sarcastic person. And so when I'd say something, she'd be like, you know you can't do that to him. But this whole time, like... If it was just me and him, he would do the same thing to me. So he was smart. He could, like, play it. 
And so I think he knew like that if I did that in front of mom, I'd get in trouble. But this whole time, he was also very sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that you as the sibling know him better than even your parents or, you know, teachers or other professionals? I do, I think, in some (laughs) ways, Um, just because he is so smart. And, like, from a young age, he picked up on what he could do to get me in trouble, which is with any sibling. Like, you know, if if I do this, it'll get them, like, upset, and then they'll get in trouble and I won't get in trouble. And sometimes I do think that they were easier on him um, because they – I mean, they didn't get the diagnosis till later, but I think they always knew that there was something, and so they would kind of be easier on him in some aspects. Um, so I feel like I knew, like, the, his truest self. <laughs> um, I had the opportunity to um, listen to a sip shop panel, and it was really cool. There was an um, adult on there that was talking about the child was like never the child with autism was never pushed to do anything mm-hmm. and the sibling was just like yelling at the mom like why do I have to do the dishes he can do the dishes <laughs> his mom was like he can't do the dishes and he was like he can I know and she's like well how do you know and he's like because I make it do it make him do it when you're not here <laughs> so it seems to be a consistent thing that siblings you know know what their siblings are actually up to what they're yes. actually able to do a hundred percent not tricking mom and dad into oh I can't do that Yeah, there's also a quote that I saw, and it said, if you want to know how to treat someone with autism, watch how their sibling treats them, because their parents are great. Like, parents of autism are amazing, but they do tend to, I think, baby or maybe Mm -hmm. protect. And a sibling, like, I will protect my brother no matter what. I will not let anyone say anything, but I, (laughs) like, I can say whatever, and I know his limitations. Like, I wouldn't actually cross that line. Um, because if you I couldn't actually him. do something, you yeah. wouldn't make him do it. Yeah, right? exactly. Did you ever have any type of resentment or frustration when your parents were babying him and mm-hmm. you knew he could do it? Yeah, I think that that's probably a theme with any sibling of autism. I think across the board, you have that like, well, why do you hold him? Not, I guess, at lower standards, but different standards than me. Um, because, I mean, the truth is, like, I was capable of other things that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you always compare as a sibling, like, oh, well, they get to do this. Why don't I get to do that? Or they don't they don't have to do this. Why do I have to do it? And so my mom would always explain that to me. So as I was younger, I obviously didn't get it. But when I got older, I understood that it's kind of, it's different. How did your extended family react to the diagnosis? Well... I, my mom never told me explicitly if she went around to each family member and told them. Um, I know that when he was younger, there was a lot of extended family that may not have understood. And so they kind of would treat him like anyone else would, Um, just like not understanding and not having that compassion, I guess. Um, A lot of them tried, but again, it's very difficult. And because my mom, I don't think she sat down and told them and explained Um, then that was pretty hard because I always felt like in family settings I had to, like, make sure he was okay um, and make sure people weren't comparing us. Um, Almost protect him in those family situations? Yeah, definitely, because also as he got older um, and even, I want to say, like, 17, 18 was very hard for me and very hard for him, Mm -hmm. and it was hard for me because it was hard for him because people were saying, 
oh, are you going to college? Like, are you applying? And he's like, no. And they're like, well, you need to do this and this and this. And I'm like, stop. Like, it's not the same. Because when I was 17 and 18, I was ready for that step. And so, like, yeah, give me the questions. But I think it would have been more appropriate for them to be like, what is your next step? Right, instead of assuming that he was going to college. Yeah, which he did. He has finished his first year. That's great. Year now, yeah, exciting. Yeah, and he's 21, and it's the exact perfect timing for him because if he had started before, it wouldn't have gone well. So he goes at his own pace, and that's okay. Were you guys in the same school? I know you were close in age. So we, I think our age gap made it so. We were in elementary school together for like one year, but I don't have a lot of memories of that. And then in middle school, we weren't. And then high school, I was a senior and he was a freshman, but he had a pretty difficult school experience. Um, They put him in basically the way that he described it or like that it was described to me is this is where they sent like the pregnant teenagers and um, the kids who've been to like juvie, like juvenile, whatever that is. So it was my little brother and then these kids that I guess they thought like they needed to keep them separately I don't want to be offensive about my wording but basically like the delinquent kids um and then my brother because they didn't really know what to do with him he had a tendency to be a little non-compliant but it was just because if he didn't like something or if it wasn't challenging he's like I'm not not gonna gonna do do this (laughs) and the teachers thought like well this kid like he's just and really, he just needed you to explain that this is why this is important. And if he didn't think it was important, he wasn't going to do it. And that's fair. <laughs> did you ever have any negative feelings in school? Or did it ever hurt your feelings or anything like that? Being the girl that had the brother that was in the other class? So I never witnessed like how people would be around him. I really don't have a lot of memories of him interacting with peers. I'm sure I would have been very protective because because you know like with a sibling like you get upset at them and like you like tease them and you like say that you want like you don't want bad things to happen to them but you're like whatever well, but then just if that sibling it, dynamic yeah. yeah but then you see well it i mean like, i even have that with my siblings like yeah i can beat you up but mm-hmm. nobody else better beat you up that's yeah. my job i'm your older sibling i'm the one that gets to pick on you i'm the one that gets to be mean to you exactly. nobody else gets to be mean to you i don't think it's different if it's autism or you know exactly. any type of special needs or just a sibling mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of the dynamic it really is especially when you're the older one mm-hmm. and i think maybe it is like a little harder because you do know what their limitations are and the world isn't so nice about it um and so I only ever, I, I just have this memory coming back into my head. There was one time in church. I think that was the only time I really saw him interacting with peers was mm-hmm. in church. Um, and one of my good friends, I guess she thought since we were such good friends that she could make a jab at him. And she and said something. Okay. And I was like, do not. <laughs> it's like, you need to go away because I'm very upset that you just said that to him like you are not allowed to say that and I don't even remember what it was it's probably something just like what little kids say but it was it was real like she said something pretty mean so that's my only real memory because I didn't see him in school really because he was in another area I guess it was like a trailer outside which Mm -hmm. is like completely separate from everyone else 
did you spend any time going with him to therapies? I know you said the resources were limited, but mm-hmm. was any of your time taken away by things that he needed? Um, we didn't really have a lot of resources for him. Um, I know that he does counseling now, not like anything autism-centered. It's more like talking through his feelings, and I've brought him to those before, but that wasn't until I started college. So we really didn't have a lot for him, which is really unfortunate. I feel like he could have benefited from a lot of things, and since he did get go at his own pace, I almost wonder if he got that early intervention, if he would be able to go at more of like a typical rate Mm -hmm. um but either way it's fine he's doing really great even if it is at his own pace he's finished his first year of school he's 21 he's doing great do you think having your brother with a diagnosis has affected your career choices now that you're an rbt Mm -hmm. so honestly at first um in school i never really thought that i wanted to work with children with autism i always knew i was good with talking to people with autism and it's just because of my brother it's also because of that mindset of you don't know what that person's going through or what what they have going on because I already knew like my brother has limitations he has differences so I just viewed the world from that perspective of if I saw someone or a kid having a hard time like you don't know what they're going through you can't hold them at the same standards when you don't know them I always knew I wanted to go into a helping profession, but I didn't think it was specifically with autism. Someone had pointed it out to me. They're like, you know that this is a gift of yours, and not a lot of people have this gift. And I started seeing that more like there's a lot of people in the world that don't know or they're ignorant about it, and they just they have no idea. They don't know how to speak to people like that. So I decided probably my last year of college that I'm going to try to do this. If God's given me this gift, I'm not going to say, like, no, I'm going to go with it. So, Has your relationship changed with your brother since you've moved into the field of being an autism professional? What does he think about it? I honestly haven't really talked to him about it. Not in a sense of, like, hey, I work with children with autism. You have autism. What do you think about it? (laughs) Just because... We never had that type of relationship. Like, we never said the word autism in our household. Now that I think about it, I don't think we ever did. Just because my parents also, you have to realize that years ago, there wasn't as much knowledge on it. So it was more of like a cuss word almost. Mm -hmm. And you didn't want to talk about it. It was more of a stigma. Yeah, and it it was awkward and it was emotional. And now, like, this is my daily normal. So I don't have any problem talking about it. So I think we that has changed. Like I feel more like I can talk to him about it. It's definitely not super often, but I mean, like I remember. I think the biggest like turning point was I got these T-shirts. Um, it's like the squad T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Michelangelo, Einstein, whoever. And then I got one. It says Holland. And I bought my brother one because I was like, I'm going to try to feel this out and see. Because I explained to him, too. I was like, all these people have autism and then also you. And so I gave that to him and I gave my mom one. And I think that was a really good, like, opener. And, hey, Nathan has autism. Like, let's talk about this more. Right. Did that open it up to conversations between anybody, like your mom and your brother? Did y'all sit down and talk about it? Or was it just a good starting <laughs> the way my stepping stone. <laughs> the way my family works is we don't like to have those big sit down come to, <laughs> come to Jesus moments yeah, it's more like <laughs> we, we creep the subject into conversations and then it just slowly <laughs> it slowly happens so 
Um, that's really how it's been. It's just been like a slow process. Like even I just called my mom before this and I was like, hey, how old was Nathan when he got his autism diagnosis? And like that's not even a question I would have asked her in high school. Like if I had forgotten, I wouldn't because even just the word autism or like diagnosis is just not what we would talk about. So I feel like we've gotten there. Yeah. While you were growing up, did you feel like you had to tiptoe around the situation or that like you couldn't talk to your friends or was it just there wasn't even anything to talk about? This is just the norm. Yeah, it was just it was definitely just the norm. I mean, it was definitely more like in the house. And then also, I mean, I wouldn't really talk about my brother like, to be honest, when I went to college, I wouldn't really talk about him because, like, I I guess I hadn't really come to that moment, too, of, like, completely accepting it. Because also then when you say, or you say, like, my brother's 19 and he's not in school, and then you have to, like, explain and be like, la, 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 this is why, like, he has autism. Um, and since, like, the world doesn't really know a lot about it, you don't really always want to have that talk about it. But I think... I have more pride now, so like I'm like, yeah, my little brother has autism. So there's less of a stigma now. There's more understanding yeah. around it. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, this is your everyday. Yeah, it's not weird to me at all. It's like this is my new normal, honestly. <laughs> so, did you ever get or feel like your brother was getting more attention and that you wanted more attention? Did mm-hmm. your parents ever? pull you aside and give you some more individual time outside of him? Mm. I mean, yeah, honestly, when he was in school and he was having all those problems, like, looking back, I'm glad that my parents gave him a lot of attention because he had a really bad experience in school, so he would get home and, like, the focus would be on him, mm-hmm. and I would kind of be selfish and be like, well, why can't you give me attention? Like, you give him all this attention, but... I think, honestly, the way my parents dealt with it, too, is, like, they weren't more comforting. They are more, like, you need to stop. Like, you know this is different. You can't be you can't be selfish like this. So I think that was a little better. They gave me that wake-up call instead of being like, oh, I'm so sorry. It was more like, hey, no. You know exactly why we're giving him more attention, so suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, in turn, made you grow up a little bit faster than some of your peers? Um, I, I don't know if I grew up faster, but I think that I have a view of the world that I think everyone should have, but some people may have not reached it (laughs) of just like, don't judge, Mm -hmm. do not judge someone. If you see someone in a grocery store, like I, I don't stare at people. If I see something going on at the grocery store, I just keep walking. Like if you're going to stay there and stare, they feel that they know that. You're, You're just like, making the situation worse. Yeah, if they're like, why don't you just spank your kid? Like, no, just keep walking. If you don't know, you don't know. You don't get a say into those people's lives. Just move along. <laughs> what would you tell parents that are listening in terms of how they can support siblings of children with autism and special needs so that they have a better understanding and they feel supported as well? Mm-hmm. I think that if you have a child with autism and then also... Um, other children, other typical children, I think that's actually a really great opportunity to teach them compassion and having that worldview. And when they do get upset or if they feel like they're left out, I think it's good to just be honest with them and be like, your brother or sister has limitations. They have strengths and weaknesses that are different than yours. We have to deal with these differently than yours. And you are special in your own way. 
and you also have your flaws. Like, don't forget that you also definitely have your shortcomings. Um, so just taking that opportunity to teach them. And I think it's a really special place to be a sibling of autism. And As a sibling of a child with autism, are there any resources that would have helped you understand and, you know, accept what was going on? Mm-hmm. Probably the most impactful thing for me was meeting another person that had a sibling with autism. Honestly, that that was probably the biggest moment for me, and that wasn't until college. And also there's, like, that connecting moment where, because like I said before, it was awkward to bring up my brother because then you'd have to do all this explaining. And I had a friend, and she, like, also kind of tiptoed around the subject. And I was like, hey, does your brother have autism? And she's like, yeah. And I said, mine does too. And they're completely different, very different, but almost the exact same experiences pretty much. So then we could talk about it. And there is a lot of common ground. And then my coworker Malachi has a little brother with autism as well. And, like, that's honestly one of my favorite things is talking to him about it because also our brothers are very different Um, But we have those same experiences and like we can laugh about it. We kind of have the same sense of humor because you have to have a sense of humor in that sense. So that's really is just shared experiences. And I didn't have that till a little later. So having that earlier would have been better probably. Well, that brings up a new program that we have at Apple Seeds that I'm super excited about. And that's actually the reason that we're doing this entire sibling series is Sip Shops. Children you know, ages four up into their teens can meet other siblings of children with autism and special needs, just have their feelings validated. Like it's okay to be mad sometimes. It's okay to be sad. It's okay not to understand. It's okay for everything to be fine. Mm -hmm. And this is just your world and you're happy and everything's great. So I'm really, really excited about that. And then Malachi will also be joining us in this series as well to talk about his experiences because we definitely want to give our listeners just an insight to what it's like to be a sibling and the challenges and the great things that happen Mm -hmm. all that comes along with it because I think this is definitely a population that gets overlooked Mm -hmm. there's a lot of mom support groups there's you know there's some dad support groups there's tons of resources for the individual with autism but nobody really talks about the siblings Mm -hmm. well thank you so much Nicole for coming in and sharing your experience yeah thanks I'd love to meet your brother someday he sounds like he's an awesome (laughs) guy (laughs) I'm trying to get him to visit me hopefully soon (laughs) because you guys are where New Hampshire Uh, Rhode Island oh Rhode Island that's that's the one with the bubbler (laughs) 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 thank you everyone for listening and join us next week for our next Sib Shop series have a good day bye bye thanks for listening to a Piece of Hope podcast to learn more about Piece of Hope or to donate to a Piece of Hope scholarship fund Visit AppleSeasABA.com forward slash Peace of Hope. Join us next week for more stories, conversations, and advice from the autism community for the autism community.